Hello, you're listening to uh, actually Best Choice Movies, the world's only movie podcast. Uh, again, I, you know, the show actually this week it's out in the world. Uh, maybe you heard about it on social media somewhere. No one has corrected me, so I'm just going to assume I am right that it is the world's only movie podcast. Actually, uh, Best Choice. I'm Chris Chafin. That voice you're hearing is uh, my co-host, uh, or maybe I'm his co-host. Like, why am I so me-centric? We're, if there's two co-hosts... Uh, it's you're, you're both co-hosts. You're There's both no, co-hosts. Yeah, it's like uh, yeah, they're not both president. <laughs> one's a vice president. Up, uh, Caleb Shively. Caleb Shively. Yeah. Hello, Caleb. How are you doing? I'm well. Uh, that's great. That's absolutely fantastic to hear. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Um, so, uh, this week on actually best choice movies, we're going to be talking about two of our Oscar faves, two preferred of our... Oscar choices. So that's two films nominated at this year's, uh, Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Science Awards. This year is 2019, uh, year, but right. the movies are honoring are actually from 2018 because right now it's only February and there hasn't been that many good movies so far <laughs> this year. It's all very confusing. And maybe you're listening to this podcast in like the far I future. I assume the earliest someone's listening to this podcast is like September 10th <laughs> of 2020. See, I've been playing a lot of like uh, Fallout. Uh, are you familiar with this video game, Fallout? I'm not familiar with any video game, but go <laughs> on. <laughs> it's tragic, first of all, can I say. <laughs> um, Fallout, it's like post-apocalyptic, and there's uh, there's been many games in the series. Uh, I'm playing the latest one, Fallout 76, which like people hate. Everyone thinks it's a terrible is it game. Is No, um, the joke is that it's like 2076 post-nuclear uh, war. And uh, it's like, you know, this kind of weird patriotism thing is a whole thing of Fallout. This kind of like ironic 1950s patriotism. Why did it say 76? Because it's 2076. Oh, or maybe it's 2176. I actually oh, have no idea. Uh, but basically, it's post-apocalyptic. The whole game is you just go around to like deserted, bombed out buildings and pick up stuff. That is literally Are the entire game. Are you very thrilled they let you talk about video games? Yes, I am. I'm ready to go for <laughs> like half an hour. <laughs> anyway, you spend a lot of the game picking up audio cassettes and then listening to them. So I'm assuming that is possibly so how someone is hearing this it's show. nothing like Mad Max? <laughs> or is it like a movie from the 70s, like The Deer Hunter? That'd Actually, cool. one of the very frustrating parts of is the... It's not like The Deer Hunter. It's, That's I, my frustration with every video game. It's not, it's not the like The Deer Hunter. I would not be surprised if there's a Deer Hunter video game. It's the, just... The like, Russian roulette scene would just be like... That's the whole game. Yeah. yeah, that's the whole game. It's like a mobile game. Do they have a Russian roulette mobile game where you just like shake the phone and it spins the gun <laughs> oh, and you point it at your head? Exists. I have never seen it, but I'm 100% sure that exists. Can we... Okay, let's not release this part of the show and let's make this game. And then we'll be, <laughs> first of all, we need a time machine to go back to like 2010 when mobile games are like a really big deal. <laughs> Second, we need to make the game. I'd be a good way to make decisions amongst friends. You're dead because the mobile game said you shot yourself in the head. This, hey, Caleb, in this climate, like, I don't know that that's <laughs> encouraging shooting your friends in the face as a way to make decisions. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I don't know if that would work out. Um, but we're going to be talking about two of our favorite Oscar <laughs> movies. Did uh, you like that transition? It was yeah. very seamless, I thought. It's hard to say the favorite because one of them we are talking about is the favorite. Uh, but you can't just lean into it. Or one of our favorite movies is the favorite. It's yeah. great. Uh, and another great movie we're going to talk about is Can You Ever Forgive Me? 
Exactly. That's this week uh, on actually best choice movies. But uh, before we get to that, uh, let's uh, talk about nothing for a minute. Uh, Caleb, what was the last thing that you saw? I watched uh, Boy Erased, a movie from last year uh, uh, from Joel Edgerton, a fine director, a good, better actor. Ooh, he's fine. Uh, but since it's not a just choice... That, can I just interrupt to say what? that you at home, you cannot see the look of extreme internal conflict that went over Caleb's face as he said those things? I don't things. want to talk. I'm a, out here. We're a positive movie podcast. We're talking about great things. I don't want to shit on movies. But since we didn't choose Boy Erased... Uh, I could a little bit shit on Boy Race because it really is one of those things like really wanted to have Oscar uh, nominations. It really wanted to define the gay conversion uh, movie, which there was a better gay conversion camp movie last year, uh, The Miseducation of Cameron Post, which went at Sundance. Which one of these is the one with Steve Carell and Timothy Chalamet? Oh, that's uh, Beautiful Boy. That's about heroin addiction, which uh, Timmy Maddox got a snub for that. But that movie was was two movies that they just combined into (laughs) one. Uh, but Boy Erased stars uh, my man Lucas Hedges. Uh, for all the uh, posturing this movie does, uh, Lucas brings it. There's a the the scene where he actually gets mad at the gay conversion camp minister is really good. I don't hate my father. Then where is all this anger coming? Because you're making me angry. Uh, I if in a more perfect world, the line. You're in my chair would have been more viral. It's a very good line that he it's gets like, to I say. I have not seen this movie and oh, I have yeah. no context for that line, but it does sound it's good. It's a fine movie. Uh, if anything, it shows that Russell Crowe should be a character actor and Nicole Kidman, who's been na- nailing character acting the last couple of years. She is mm, like this year, especially. Yeah, uh, yeah. She has a big bouffant wig. She plays it. They're from Arkansas. So she has like the Southern charm about her. I love God and I love my son. For your father, it's a little more complicated. Isn't her problem this year that she picked a like she did a lot of really good performances in like B minus movies like none of the actual movies were very good. I didn't see Destroyer yet. I'm I didn't very either, curious, but it's not yeah. supposed to be all that good. I, I like Karen Krasama. Krasama. Karen Croissant. Yeah, I do. Karen Krasama. Yeah. Uh, sorry if I Akira Kurosawa. Yeah, I her like name's it. Karen Krasama. We're not gonna. I'm gonna correct you on directors' <laughs> names. Uh, she did, of course, A on Flux, which no one cares about. She did Jennifer's, oh, I Jennifer's Body, Jennifer's which, body, which no a, one cares about. But I, the invitation, have, no, no, that movie's having a resurgence, and I will say I have been on the side of Jennifer's yeah, Body since it, it, it came out. And I like, they did that screening of it at Nighthawk. Yeah, Diablo Cody like, is an underrated screenplay. But everybody uh, decided they hated her for some uh, reason. The Invitation is a movie I would highly recommend if anyone okay. is writing down movies right now, <laughs> has a pen in their hand, write down The Invitation. And if you're not, Karen why not? Kersama. Like, honestly, why not? <laughs> um, uh, but that was the last thing I watched. Uh, wouldn't recommend Boy Erased, but if you're a Lucas Hedges stand like I am, you gotta go. You gotta see it. What would you call people that are fans of Lucas Hedges, like uh, Hedge Boys? Hedge funds. Hedge funds. That's pretty good. Yeah. Lucas Hedges. Wow. Okay, I was trying to do a play on Sonic the Hedgehog, but that's too hot, tough. It's too hot, tough. It's too hot and tough. Um, speaking of hot and tough, was uh, this was the last thing you watched. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was the um, Oscar-nominated uh, animated shorts. Oh, cool! At where, what the uh, Bam? I went to Bam. Uh, 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 so the great Brooklyn Academy theater. of we, Music. Yeah, exactly. We love Bam. We're huge Bam fans. And Bam, I'm a Bam member. Are, yeah. are you a Bam member? Uh, I'm not anymore. I oh, go to too. Right. Ma- I used to go there all the time, and Be- now I go to too many theaters because of your movie pass situation. That uh, Alamo Draft House opened up. Those two are the main things. <laughs> but uh, they were good. It's funny because, um, so it's a 
program of cartoons. It's the ones nominated for Academy Award and then two sort of like honorable mention ones. Oh, that's cool. Um, snubs. Snubs, yeah, not quite snubs. But uh, they're all very depressing. Uh, almost all of them are about aging and dying or at least aging and like forgetting everything that happened to you in your life. One of them is about animals who go to a psychiatrist. So like that one's good. <laughs> that was nice and lighthearted. I am a wonderful being. I love myself. Ah, very good. But uh, yeah, they were all pretty bleak, I would say, which um, I've heard through the grapevine also that all the uh, uh, live action ones are extremely bleak. Sure. I guess that's the way to get ahead and stand well, out in the yeah, uh, in, short film category. In the short, it's always trying to be uh, the future of film because it's like more independent and more... Uh, less studio based so yeah. it's like people out there being like we're doing it uh in animation you could do anything uh so it's kind of cool that they're doing it for more emotional depressing things uh like back in the day uh what was winning oscars for animated short was tom and jerry and the roadrunner which are the road is that true? yeah the, tom and jerry has a crazy i guess like the looney tunes right yeah well tom and jerry has the most oscar nominations. is that true over other things yeah bugs Bunny only has one it's kind of fucked Wait, up. Caleb, Tom and Jerry has the most Oscar wins of of like anything. Of uh, not of anything of like the cart of cartoons. Wow. I had no idea. Yeah, I had no. They're idea. good. Tom and Jerry's not even that good. I don't think it's that good. No, As someone I, who I, loves I, cartoons, I, I don't think it's very. I hundred percent agree. Uh, Roadrunner has a couple, which is kind of mind bending because it was the same plot every time, but they were <laughs> beautifully drawn. <laughs> Love Roadrunner cartoons. Um, but Bugs Bunny only having one is just, whoa. Uh, put it out there. I really liked Late Afternoon, which is from Ireland. It's about a woman who has forgotten her whole life and Ooh. is basically, it's remembering things in spurts. And it's uh, very good. I would say very affecting. And the animation style is beautiful. Uh, this film, Weekends, I think is from the United States. And that one was really good. It's about uh, uh, two parents that have divorced and the kid is sort of going back and forth between their two houses. Uh, it's a little, That one was a little bit of, on the longer side. Uh, but it, again, the animation style is a little bit out of the ordinary and very good. And, uh, you know, again, it was emotional and it was, you know, quirky, a little bit hard to figure out what was happening at first. Um, and there's just a lot of really cute situations like the son and dad put on samurai masks and watch old movies together and sit on the couch and you're seeing it from like the tv's point of view um it was cool and cute um it's and kind then, of... yeah animal behavior is the one i was talking oh. about where they animals go to the psychiatrist which sounds like a setup for like a bad far side or something mm -hmm. but is actually a pretty enjoyable uh, the, short comedy i think the only one i saw was uh bow because right before sure. pixar because that's the only one anyone ever sees because i know everyone sees pixar but i really liked bow it was good. It was good. It was fine. It was definitely. I like the little, little twist in it and how they ate it. Ate. <laughs> how she murders her child yes. in it. Yeah, it's a good twist. That's cool. You don't often see it in a movie where a mother eats her child. Yeah, I, I like that. But then it turns <laughs> out not. It turns out she didn't really eat him, so it's okay. A uh, full spoiler of a Pixar short. <laughs> Actually, best choice. Was that movies. before? Um, I don't know what Pixar movie came out last year. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Well, like Incredibles two. Two. Yeah, I still haven't seen. Starring that. Bob Odenkirk. Because I, I don't like Brad Bird's politics, so I have not seen that's, that movie. That's cool. Yeah, I, I forgot about his politics. Uh, but <laughs> I can never forget about politics. Caleb, in this climate, you're forgetting <laughs> about what's politics. What's your favorite Mission Impossible movie? Oh, it's got to be the Brad Bird yeah. one. Yeah, exactly. Um, you want to talk about these movies? Yes, I do. <laughs> Dearest Queen, you are mad, giving me a palace. 
It is a monstrous extravagance, Mrs. Molly. We are at war. We won. Oh, it is not over. We must continue. Oh. Oh, I did not know that. Well, I'll start with the favorite. Uh, the favorite from Yorgos Lanthimos is the is the tale of two cousins vying for the court or the favor of Queen Anne, the wartime leader of Britain, who is more interested in duck racing than actual governing. Uh, the movie starts off with Rachel Weisz's uh, character Sarah Churchill as the advising ruler, uh, as the advisor ruling the country through her influence on the queen, uh, played by Olivia Coleman. Uh, then arrives her impoverished cousin Abigail, played by Emma Stone, who is hired as a scullery maid at first, and then through scheme spying, herb foraging, uh, <laughs> including uh, finding out about the queen and uh, Sarah's secret lesbian relationship, uh, Abigail begins to court the queen herself, eventually replacing Sarah as the queen's confidant. Uh, it's all it's like Mean Girls by the by way of 18th century English politics. Uh, the favorite. Uh, has 10 Oscar nominations this year, three for its at main actors, uh, Best Director, uh, shout out Best Editing, Best Cinematography, uh, Best Original Screenplay, and of course, Best Picture. Uh, I really like this movie, Caleb. I mean, this is definitely, it's hard to talk about this movie because the name is the favorite, but it was one of my favorite movies mm-hmm. of the year, hands down. I mean, it's impossible to watch it and not come away having had like a really visceral, emotional experience. It's shot such in a way that... Uh, whip pans and all that very physically shot that it's just so engaging and yeah, fish eye lenses yes, and uh, like, like a hype Williams video is yeah. what if you want to see it like a what is it the 18th like 18th century I guess is that right yeah 18th century yeah, if you want to see like an 18th century carriage shot like it's a Bentley and a puffy video then this is the movie for you for sure 100% yeah uh Yorgos Lanthimos uh we all love Yorgos uh this is his first movie he didn't write himself mm. uh but but he was involved. He was that. involved, but in anything, he got to concentrate more on his directing and yeah. writing with a camera that is how he directs. Sure. Uh, Yorgos is the director of movies, including uh, Dog Tooth, The Lobster, and Killing of a Sacred Deer, which are all fantastic movies. And they're all equally weird. I mean, I think mm-hmm. what he specializes in is making movies that take place in this kind of netherworld that's very similar to our world, but like some a crucial... mirror yeah, version. Right. It's like some things are extremely like very different. dark. Yeah. Yeah, off-putting. Did you read the leaflet? Yes, I did. As you understand from your brother's experience, if you fail to fall in love with someone during your stay here, you'll turn into an animal. All of his movies take place in these worlds where it seems to be our world on the surface, but something weird is different, and he never explains what it is or why or how. It just is that way. And what I loved was seeing that kind of framework applied to the past, because the past is totally a place like that where... You would just think like, oh, this is just like the world that I'm familiar with. But so many things are completely different in ways that are like inexplicable to you. Um, and I thought it was a really fun way to to look at the past as like a weird place where you don't understand the rules. And he plays with that, of course, because some things are real and some things he's made up. And it's very hard to tell the difference. Mm-hmm. Like you mentioned the duck races. Like, is that real? You know, <laughs> do, did, did they have duck races? Like I could see that being real, but also it seems completely ridiculous and made up, right? But I think that is made up, right? And we've talked about uh, this. I choose to believe it's a real thing. I don't know. What else would <laughs> yeah. you race back then? They used their dogs practically. Chickens, I guess. I don't know. Horses were used practically. <laughs> they yeah. did have horse races, I think, didn't they, back then? They used them to get around. That was like their transportation. Well, we use cars to get around. We have car races also. We like... do. I forgot about our modern day car racing. <laughs> uh, but 
the cast in this movie. Uh, I would say uh, career high performance from Emma Stone, uh, oh who I God. enjoy. Uh, uh, Rachel Weisz, always wonderful, uh, well-deserved supporting actress nominees, even though I think all of them should have got uh, in leading actress because you can't really take away. They all depend on each other for everything. Like Emma Stone's the character who sets the plot in motion, but the favorite of the favorite uh, is Olivia Coleman, who did get the Best Supporting Act, uh, excuse me, Best Actress yeah. uh, nomination. Uh, the story there was that everyone, I think it was at TIFF uh, when it was premiered, or it might have been Venice Film Festival. Anyway, um, everyone was like, oh, this is going to be the big Oscar supporting. She's going to shoehorn this. But then they're like, no, wait, we're going to put her in, push her for lead actress. And that's cool. I Which I love that yeah. she's doing that. And it's been interesting in the months that the, since the movie has come out because there's been this real outpouring of love for Olivia oh, Coleman, which one, I think is yeah. totally deserved. She's fantastic in this movie. People are discovering, uh, like, oh, wait, I watched Peep Show. Like, stuff like that I've had, <laughs> I was coming up. Uh, she was in uh, Look Around You, which is my favorite. Oh, my favorite God, she's thing. so good in Look Around she's You. She's so Pam Bachelor. Yeah. 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 I'm not sure about this. Um, she's very good at being the straight man. Yeah. And look around you. Yeah, exactly. British office. There's so much like old British stuff she's in. Uh, uh, yeah, Hot Fuzz, you know, yeah. she's in and fantastic uh, in that. One of my favorite movies, uh, which I believe she got uh, some award notice for like independent-wise, it was uh, Tyrannosaur, uh, which was directed by Patty Considine. <laughs> what is, what is Tyrannosaur? I don't know that movie. What Ooh, is that? It is a, uh, everyone go watch the movie. One of my favorite <laughs> movies. Such a difficult watch. Uh, she, uh, uh, I forget the male actor's name, Peter Mullen, I believe. Off the, I can't mm-hmm. think off the top of my head. Someone fact check me. Tyrannosaur, uh, directed by Patty Considine. Uh, this really uh, drunk British guy, uh, the movie starts off with him killing a dog and then he like beats people up in a pub <laughs> and then like they're trying to track him down and he hides in this store and the store owner and him become friends and the store owner is Olivia Coleman who's like a born again Christian. Uh, it just like dovetails into this darkness in it. Uh, it's such a weird, dark movie. Uh, I believe Warp Records was involved in it somehow. Really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely uh, visceral, a, a gut punch. So... I'm not a nice human being. We were I feel safe with you. Nobody's safe with me. It made me know that Olivia Coleman can handle like really tough material and then been a huge fan of everything. So that movie was around 2010, 11. I mean, I think she's fantastic in the movie, but I think like when you watch the movie the first time, the thing that's going to strike you if me and my wife, Catherine, are any uh, judge is like, Emma Stone's performance, like the way that she uses her face in this film is amazing. Mm -hmm. She's so good at giving you just a very, um, like tight reaction in some little part of her Mm -hmm. face, like keeping 80% of her face normal and doing something completely insane with the other 20%. Mm -hmm. My dear friend, how good to see you've returned from hell. I'm sure you shall pass through it one day. A lot of this movie is like second glances or uh, very loaded looks. A yeah. lot of it's a very a lot of scheming. So a lot of just uh, contemplative, quiet stares <laughs> off. Yeah, or a lot of like cuts to her like reacting to stuff. Mm-hmm. Like there's a whole pivotal scene you mentioned the lesbian relationship when she first figures out that uh, the Queen and Rachel Vice are having this relationship, where it's just the whole scene is just her eavesdropping on them yeah. basically, and her you know increasingly realizing what's going on and you know it's it's comedy right it's her just being like oh 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 it's taking like really dark things and turning it into comedy like she has this uh monologue to her 
to her uh, about her what plans are. This is while she's giving the hand job. While she's giving yeah, a exactly, hand job, yeah. and she's just to her husband on their wedding yeah, night. She's just like looking off, just doing it matter of factly. <laughs> uh, great acting. One of the best hand yeah. job scenes in film, I would have to yeah. say. Oh, sure. Uh, have you been watching um, the other two on Comedy Central? They have hand jobs in there. I have been watching. Second... Ken, Ken Reno kills that. Yeah, Ken Reno. Ken Reno's really good in that. Um, but I love what's his face, Drew Tarver. That's like because oh, I sure. listen to Comedy Bang Bang a lot. Drew Tarver is, does a million characters on Comedy Bang Bang. I'm like so excited for him to have a big thing. Yeah. There's like a really the third episode was just on I think, and uh, there's a good hand job scene in that kind of similar, very like. Oh, I did see that. But... Yeah, I like that relationship on that show. This is <laughs> very weird. Now, uh, other two is a great show. I do really like, <laughs> enjoy it. Uh, Drew Tarver is also going to be the voice in that uh, Bless the Hearts show that's coming out on Fox. And I'm excited no, I don't for know that. with Kevin Hart. Is that uh, no uh, Emily Spivey did it? It's um, Kristen Wiig, Maya Rudolph. Oh, okay. Uh, it's cartoon. Yeah, it's yeah. Drew Tarver is also in that. Um, I mean, <laughs> Drew Tarver, listen to our podcast. Drew Tarver, please come on, come on the podcast. <laughs> I would have Drew Tarver on for sure. Um, yeah, I also love about the favorite. Um, the, it's funny like it, uh, it gets so a lot funny. of press as being you know it, and it looks like a strange Yorgos it's Lanthimos. originally funny it's originally funny and it's hilarious I mean I will say when I saw it there was a couple next to us who it turned out had been drinking straight liquor the entire time but they thought it was hilarious they were like laughing so loud that we sniffed them and we were like oh these people are extremely <laughs> drunk but it is they were funny laughing and, so loud we sniffed them it was funny enough that we it took us about an hour to think something was wrong with them because, like, it's conceivable that you were laughing that much at this movie. Like, I have heard people um, or seen people on Twitter. Or, no, I guess it was an interview I read where, like, they kind of try to not write off the favorite exactly, but they're like, oh, it's like a big costume drama. Like, the Oscars love that. But to look at it that way is so, number one, limiting, and number two, like, totally incorrect. Like, it is not at oh, all yeah. like a normal costume drama. For sure. Uh, it Everything, it uh, embraces those tropes to such an extreme degree that it allows itself to have other extremes in it, such as that crazy-ass dance sequence. Oh, my God. It's one of the uh, best One of the best things. Uh, and it, just the way it was shot was just... Uh, there was a line I liked, uh, the way that uh, uh, Robbie Ryan was the Oscar-nominated cinematographer of this movie. Uh, the line was, uh, lonely characters in huge spaces, uh, <laughs> which I, I thought was like, yeah. That's great. They always shoot up so to show you how uh, isolated they are. Uh always like weird natural lighting from these big ass windows. In a way, the journey you're on is Emma Stone's journey of like getting into the world of these characters at court and trying to figure out uh, how to interact with them and how to, um, you know, succeed and just preserve her place. Uh, and I would say also, as you watch the movie, your sympathies between the characters will totally change. Oh, sure, I mean, yeah. you definitely, there are points in the movie where you're like, wait, like who is the main character and like who is good and who is bad and totally flips several times throughout the film. Mm -hmm. Um, which I think is great. I think all movies should do that. Yeah, you, know? you kind of uh, follow uh, the choice between Olivia Colman making, who just does a great job of uh, not knowing what's going on to, like aids in the confusion, which uh, is a very tough thing to do as an audience surrogate. Uh, just an amazing acting job. Uh, I would say I hope she wins the Oscar, but I think that's going to Glenn Close. I, I, I know you keep saying that. I really don't agree uh, no one's with seen, you. I mean, every, I mean, the Precursor Awards, you look at Precursor Awards, it's all Glenn Close. 
Yeah, when like, but I mean, I I just don't see it. We like, haven't seen the movie. For her, I mean, I did start watching it on an airplane and oh. I turned it off because it seemed like too much of a downer and I was not in the best mood. I didn't. There's politics to Oscars. They give her award because it's Glenn Close who hasn't won yet. Yeah, but I mean, I feel like it's such a big year for the favorite, and I feel like it could be a year where it's gonna like win most of the awards. I think it has a decent for. shot at Best Picture. I don't think it's gonna win Best Picture. I think uh, screenplay, original screenplay, I believe it should win. Let me look at the nominees real quick. Oh uh, yeah, uh, it is original screenplay. First Reformed, I actually would hope would win that. Yeah, but I mean, First Reformed. I mean, we were talking about everything. This, I hope wins is not going to win. We were talking about this before the show, but First Reformed is one of the movies that we both think has been really snubbed by the Oscars. Yeah. Like, it's a fantastic movie. We talk about movies before the podcast. I know it's just because we do. We more like have the podcast because we're always talking about movies. We were out with our friends uh, last week, and right after we recorded the podcast, and you and I were talking about movies so much that both of our friends took their phones out and started <laughs> reading them at exactly the same <laughs> second. <laughs> And I was like, all right, all right, sorry. Like, how was your day, <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, first and foremost, huge snub for Ethan Hawke. For Ethan Hawke, he was the, that was literally the so most... So good. Like, if, for if you a, want to reward man, an actor... Uh, it was he, the best has, acting I've seen Yeah, all, he has Oscar nominations before, never he has not won... Uh, He's his own style acting, man. I love him in that movie. Well, I mean, the thing about First Reformed, and not to turn into this uh, podcast about First Reformed, but it's like, you know, we've, I saw, went to this Q&A with Paul Schrader, and he was saying it's a man versus room movie, meaning that, like, those are the only two characters, right? It's Ethan Hawke sitting alone in a room, and it's completely compelling, even though that's the case. Like, you're just watching Ethan Hawke, like, think about stuff. Yeah, it borrows from... And it's, like, the most, like, dramatic thing you've ever seen. Yeah. I know that nothing can change, and I know there is no hope. It borrows from so much. Uh, there's like B movie elements. There's some, uh, uh, yeah, straight like it's a straight up drama. It's very funny at times. It it's a gory. At I mean, tw- times for him not to have been nominated for best actor was yeah. like it literally floored me. I mean, it didn't literally floor me, but it was very surprising. Chris is on the floor right now. I'm on the floor right now. It's uh, true. To continue and to transition, <laughs> uh, do we have any more thoughts about the favorite, actually? Uh, I mean, I, Caleb, I could talk to you about this great movie sure, all day. Sure, I could, too. But, I would you know. uh, just like to shout out uh, Sandy Powell, who, who's a costume designer, uh, for the favorite, and she's also double nominated this year. She did the favorite f- costume and Mary Poppins Returns costumes. Two <laughs> drastically different movies. Aided well, by their costumes. Period, period films, you know, with uh, powerful women. As a person you know? who's seen both these movies, I know you haven't seen Mary Poppins Returns. I refuse to see Mary Poppins I love the favorite. I even, got pissed off during Mary Poppins Returns. <laughs> even given how much I am romantically in love with... Uh, what's Mary Poppins? Uh, Emily Blunt. Oh. I'm in love with Mary Poppins. It. That's weird. No, it's not. She's a woman <laughs> who gives you sugar when you're sick. Yeah, I mean, that does sound good. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, the but, other movie we want to talk yeah, about. Yeah, uh, speaking of Oscar snubs, there's probably some snubs for Can You uh, Can you Ever Forgive Me? Quite by accident, I find myself in a rather criminal position. What criminal activity could possibly involve it except a crime of fashion force? I'm embellishing literary letters by prominent writers. Can You Ever Forgive Me? It's based on a biography of the same name by the writer Lee Israel. Uh, she was a popular magazine writer in the 70s. Her specialty was kind of interviewing old Hollywood stars like Katherine Hepburn. That was like her big break in 1967. Um, then she started writing books in the 80s uh, about like maybe slightly lesser known people like Tallulah Bankhead and Dorothy Kilgarren. Um, we meet her in the film in the early 90s and it's basically like no one cares about that kind of stuff anymore and she's at a real kind of crossroads in her career. Um, like there's a scene early on where her 
books are selling in a bookstore for 75% off because no one cares anymore. She can't hold down a regular job. Uh, and in desperation, she starts faking uh, letters and other kinds of documents from famous Hollywood stars and passing them off as real. And she's selling them to collectors in uh, the city. So the movie follows her criminal career, um, but it's also as much a story about uh, her and her friendship with uh, this guy, Jack Hawk. That's a guy she meets in a uh, dive bar in the middle of the afternoon in Manhattan. It's four in the afternoon and you're drunk. I'm hardly drunk. Craig, top her up. My suggestion... She's basically the first friend that she's had in years. You know, they're both like creative people with extremely high self-regard but living in these like extremely uh reduced circumstances as we find out in the film spoiler alert jack is like homeless and there's a great scene where they go into lee's apartment and it stinks so bad that they like have to immediately clean it out as like a hazardous situation but she has not noticed and it's very sad and funny um you know the stars are Melissa McCarthy as Israel and Richard E. Grant as Jack Hawk they're both nominated for Oscars which is totally deserved um it's also uh nominated for best screenplay it was written by Nicole Holof Center and Jeff Witte uh you know Holof Center wrote and directed Walking and Talking uh, Lovely and Amazing Enough Said and has actually directed a bunch of great TV like, oh yeah she, her TV credits are insane yeah Bored to Death Enlightened Parks and Rec Six Feet Orange Under is the New Black Orange is the New Black yeah um, Amazing credit. I know I've been talking about this movie for a while, but <laughs> let me just say um, the director is Marielle Heller, who's an actress uh, and a writer whose first uh, film she directed was Diary of a Teenage Girl mm-hmm. in 2015. It's really great. Um, this is only her second f- movie she's ever directed, which is amazing. Um, and I would just like to add, I'm sure you're familiar with her because she's in the MacGruber movie. So like... Uh, yeah, she's a stage stagehand. Um, she's also... Uh, uh, she's Yorma, Yorma directed um, MacGruber. This mm-hmm. is uh, the power couple... Uh, she uh, is his wife. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Um, she's also, uh, if we're gonna, I'd love to stand for Mariel Heller. She's upcoming directing uh, the Mister Rogers movie with Tom Hanks too. Oh, is she? I yeah. didn't know that. Uh, so I believe that she was a huge snub for best director too this year. Oh uh, my god. Well, it's you know it's one of those. If we're things... talking about like uh, how we always have male directors being nominated. You had a great one right here. Uh, she. Uh, this is like a kind of like a torn from the pages kind of like. Uh, the plot wise, it's like uh, so ready, like a like a oh, she's a forager, but she really kind of uh, makes that understates the whole thing and just makes it more of a character study on Lee Israel, yeah, exactly. who is a very uh, stubborn woman, who is a very uh, mis- misanthropic lady. Yeah, uh, she like pushes everybody away in yeah. her life, but she you know is sad about that. She doesn't want to do it necessarily, but she kind of can't help herself. Yeah, it's uh, it's her way of. Uh, maintaining her own dignity is by being this abrasive person the whole time. Like it's also a 1991 New York movie. And like as a New Yorker too, you're like, yeah, you were kind of asshole people. And it's kind of embraces like, uh, just portrays her as this huge bitch asshole person. <laughs> I mean, speaking of New York, like I have to say, this is one of my favorite New York movies yeah, of all 1991 time. New York. You don't see that too often. Well, I just think it examines a part of New York. You hardly ever see, which is this like sort of real everyday in New York sure. that you and I live in where it's not like the fanciest or the shittiest. It's just kind of these like regular places and these like bookshops and bars and apartments that are just, and like just walking down yeah, the street was, in a uh, way that's like Starbucks took over New York really. <laughs> but uh, even like, I feel like I still recognize some of that New York. Sure, like yeah. a lot of it is gone. Sure. Like a lot of it, but I feel like that's the New York that I live in is this New York that's in this movie. What was I watching the other day? I was like, Oh, this is, this is the exact same bar from, uh, from can you ever forgive me? <laughs> uh, I forget what it was. Who cares? 
Um, <laughs> was it Brooklyn oh. Nine Nine? No, they go to Shaw's. <laughs> was it uh, Law and Order SVU? I don't watch that. Uh, <laughs> I forget what it was. I'm not gonna remember. But you also forgot to shout out uh, the other writer for this movie. Oh, Jeff uh, Whitty. Jeff Whitty. Yeah. 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 Oh, I, uh, I did say he did. His he did say, but uh, his cre- his cre- but his credit. Uh, he did Avenue Q, uh, which is a mm. like he's more of a, a playwright. Uh, Avenue Q is legendary in my I have actually place. never been to see Avenue uh, still Q, playing, have you? Still playing this day, yeah. I think it's actually closed it's, no, or it, closing. No, it's, it's off Broadway. It's closing? It's closing or is closed, yeah, no. one or the other, yeah. Well, if it's, if it's closing, everyone go see it. Uh, yeah, it moved off Broadway a couple years ago, but it's still, I thought it was always going strong. Huh. That's where Robert Lopez, E. Godding, Robert Lopez got his start. Um, another thing I really loved about this movie is I really thought, I thought it has a lot to say about class in a way that's recognizable Mm -hmm. to me as a New Yorker sort of working in the creative industries because there's a lot of it between like her, the Lee Israel and she, in the early in the movie, she goes to a party at her agent's house and her agent has this amazingly fancy house with all these amazingly fancy people that are there. And I think that is a lot of the experience of living in New York where I'm sure like any big city where there are creative industries is like you kind of, swim in between all these different stratas of society and like you can spend a lot of time presenting yourself as one kind of person but you know your circumstances are very different like you know Mm -hmm. she's going to this party but she's like poorer than everybody and she hates being there it makes her really uncomfortable Uh, she hates being there so much that uh she ends up uh pocketing a bunch of shrimp feeding it to her she steals steals a coat she steals a coat which i love in this she wears it the rest of the movie they don't make excuses for her behavior the entire movie no uh, like even as she's do- committing crimes, uh, you're like, well, she kind of deserves what. Like you're watching it, like, she kind of deserves what she's getting, but you still feel that pang of just being like, yeah, I get it. Like, like you feel like uh, you're owed something. Uh, your career is not where you want it to go, uh, mm-hmm. and you found uh, a way to. She's writing these beautiful letters, uh, uh, and she's people are uh, getting paying her for that. She gets to pay her cat bills then. Yeah. Oh, uh, I said I mentioned the cat twice already. Uh, I think uh, Lee Israel and the portrayal by Melissa McCarthy is pantheon uh, de- uh, depiction of a cat lady. Cat ownership? Yeah. Yeah, I do think uh, so. That is, if you say cat lady, like, that's Lee Israel down But the- I don't mean that in, like, a negative no, no. way. No, I mean, if I'm anything, like this movie teaches person, us that you know? it's, it's not a negative way. It can be construed that way, and there is certain negative connotations to it. But if anything, it's just a complicated gray area that the cat ownership is. Yeah, well, obviously, it's like you intensely love this animal, but also you like don't necessarily spend that much time together. You mm-hmm. know, like you just—it's nice to have them that around. That is a, a, you know? a perfect description of the way she, oh, that she was hardly around, but it was there when she was home, and she was her fill-in for people until she meets yeah, uh, right. the great Richard E. Right. Grant, who is—I mean, Richard E. Grant. So I saw some a friend of mine on Twitter said recently, like. Were you even an Anglophile teen if you didn't have a crush on Richard E. Grant in the <laughs> '90s, which I completely yeah. agree with? I know him not through With Nail and I, which oh. is like his most famous thing. That's what I do, yeah. But um, when I was a kid, Comedy Central used to play this movie called How to Get Ahead in Advertising. Have you ever oh, seen? Oh yeah, this? Uh, same same director as uh, With Nail and I. Yeah, it's amazing. I used to watch that movie. You know, they didn't show it that much, and this was you couldn't find it anywhere to rent it. That movie, Anytime man. I would ever describe it to people, they would say like, "Do you mean How to Get Ahead in Business without really trying?" And I'm like, "No, that is not what I mean. No, yeah. I mean Richard E. Grant in How." to get ahead in advertising yeah they, uh seek this movie out there's a scene where a little head grows out of his neck can i tell you it was only in the process of writing the notes for this episode that i realized it's called how to get ahead in advertising and he grows a second yeah, yeah, head yeah. i did never oh, no. occur to me <laughs> until just then to boils acne and blackheads uh i feel like he kind of plays the same character in with and i like uh that just drunken uh well-spoken no, it's shyster. very no because in in uh, how to get ahead in advertising he's kind of like a normal... no no uh, when, uh, when uh, sorry oh in this, you, in this. Me, yeah, yeah it's a sorry. very similar character yeah, yeah. there are different in the uh, movie but yeah 
very different from his character. And also, in Hudson it's like Hawk, what twenty you know? years, twenty years difference between oh, with Mill like and this thirty years. Thirty years, yeah. damn. Um, but he's so, and I'm one of the best stories of this Oscar season has been Richard E. Grant turning oh, into this wonderful. like social media icon, like sobbing on the street, hearing that he won his uh, award or he's nominated for an award, or like posting a picture of a letter he wrote to Barbara Streisand. Was it Barbara Streisand? Barbara Streisand. And then getting a response back and then crying about <laughs> that. <laughs> it's been, I've loved to see all this attention to him. It's so well deserved. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I very much hope he wins this Oscar. Yeah, I'm not I'm sure that he's going him. to, but I really, That's, really want uh, him to. I think we're pointed at Mahershala Ali. Who's oh, ha- yeah, for fucking Green Book. Who's having a moment, yeah. I mean, good for Mahershala Ali. Like, I don't begrudge him the attention or the award, but like, not for this movie. You know, <laughs> like... Um, another really, th- another thing I really love about, uh, can you ever forgive me is it does a great job of portraying what it's like to do writing. And again, I'm sure this is similar for lots of creative industries, but I am a writer. So it's like, I identified with this, mm-hmm. which is this sense of like, you're obsessed with something and you, you know, some publication gives you permission to write about it and you do it and like, you get a really strong reaction and then you keep doing it and you keep getting a strong reaction and you just you're like completely on the zeitgeist until like you're not, you know, until you're not on mm-hmm. the zeitgeist anymore. And then it's just, you can feel so bereft because it's such a part of your identity. It's such a part of your like ability to support yourself in the world has been not just doing the work, but like trusting your instincts mm-hmm. and like following this obsession of yours. And then all of a sudden it's gone. And you, you really, your only options are to like fake caring about something else. Like, figure out what else you care about, even though you haven't thought about it in years or yeah, like get a different line of work, which is exactly what the, her agent tells her like early, early oh, yeah, in the there's movie. There's a, a, a very good court scene at the end uh, where she's like turned her life around. She's uh, going to AA meetings uh, and the judge asked uh, her if she, uh, how she feels, if she regrets it. And she just basically says, no, I don't regret <laughs> it. But I, what I regret is not getting attention for my own writing. Yeah, right. right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, which is just so in character. Uh, and so true. Like you want it for like, you want the accolades. And it's so interesting because it's like, again, this is what it's like to be a writer. Um, Everyone loves her writing as long as they think someone famous wrote it. But if it's from her, no one gives a shit. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, it's such a paradox because it's like, oh, what a beautifully smart and funny thing mm-hmm. that Catherine Hepburn said. Like, if someone else said it, we don't give a shit. Which is actually also like, you know, there's this trailer out for this new movie where like everyone's forgotten the Beatles, but this one guy. Yesterday from Danny Boyle. Yesterday from Danny Boyle. So uh, uh, Max Reed, who's the great uh, editor at New York Magazine, was saying on Twitter, um, you're telling me that in 2019, people are going crazy for these Beatles songs done by some guy, you know, like, <laughs> like some of them maybe, but definitely not all of them. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, it's just like some guy on YouTube. When I see like uh, a tweet was like, let me get up to the microphone and say, ooh, blah, dee, ooh, blah, da, and crowd goes wild. That wouldn't happen. <laughs> it would never, ever happen in a million fucking years. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I mean, as you maybe can tell, I love. Can you ever forgive me? I thought it was one of the best mm-hmm. New York movies I've ever seen. One of the best, like being a creative professional movies I've ever seen. And it just was a beautiful, touching portrait of two, you know, kind of prickly weirdos. Their their chemistry in this movie is insane. Like, they're when you see them separately, like it's like, oh, this is a good solid acting. But when they are together, it just oh sparks. God. There's this, this amazing thing where it's kind of like their friendship is based on believing each other's bullshit. Where it's like, oh yeah, I choose not to see the actual reality of your life. I choose to see this image you want to project of yourself. And like, let's just be friends on that level. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there's also uh, 
the, a, a, a completely unromantic relationship. Uh, Lee is a lesbian. Yeah, and, uh, and Jack, Jack is a gay man. Uh, and th- that kind of adds to it. And also, like, they don't really draw attention too much. It's just a very matter of fact of their life. They're not, like, trying to make some big over thing. It's just that's who they are as people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're two wonderful actors doing it. Uh, again, we talked about Richard E. Grant, but I'm a my second stan of the day, a huge Melissa McCarthy fan. Uh, w- as speaking of on our behalf of the Melissa McCarthy fan, uh, we've been waiting for her to get like a big dramatic mm. role. Uh, there was St. Vincent where she played a mother, uh, Mike and Molly, who we don't even watch that crap, <laughs> uh, but an amazing actress. Uh, and she just doesn't so much as not be a comedic role. She just buries the comedic elements and just lets her acting overtake it, which is, uh, this is a very performance-heavy movie. It hinges on uh, the the character of how we uh, r- relate to Lee Israel and Melissa McCarthy is uh, her best performance as a uh, as a actress. I mean, I'm somebody who is not a huge fan of Melissa McCarthy, and like I thought she was fantastic in the film. And you can even, you know, you can forget that she is this woman who's famous for like shitting in a sink and bridesmaids right which it's like, was what she got an oscar nomination for. which is insane but like that is not you don't see that person in this movie you see like just a normal person i think there you see it a very in little glances <laughs> uh my favorite line of this movie is uh towards the end where she goes uh where richard e grant's about to walk out of the bar she goes i just thought about tripping you <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good yeah i like that well that's the thing too is the movie is not unfunny but it's in a way it's like the purest kind of oh, yeah. mean, like situation comedy of, like, like uh, it's funny the character the comedy moments come from the character and they come from the situations very naturally yeah, naturally uh and i think all the actor the ensemble in general was good at that they got a lot of uh comedic ringers the great mark evan jackson was in this movie <laughs> yeah i love him uh, uh ben falcone her husband was yeah, in this movie course, uh, yeah. brandon scott jacobs uh brandon scott jones oh i'm sorry brandon uh <laughs> but he's also in the other two uh like i said i'm rooting for olivia coleman to win best actress but I'm also rooting for Melissa McCarthy to win Best Asterix oh a- Actress, too. Oh, uh, I mentioned last week, last podcast, that Christopher Walken was on the my SNL Mount Rushmore for mm-hmm. host. Easily McCarthy up there as well. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, but, Caleb, let's say there was actor. literally, uh, there's a deranged uh, person with an app that has uh, Russian roulette on it, and he's got <laughs> his phone pointed to your head. Uh, which of these movies would you recommend? Oh, oh. Ooh. You can only watch one at once, you know. Oh Lord, this is tough. If there, for the sense of uh, the zeitgeist and uh, 2018, 19, I feel like the favorite has made a much bigger impact, and also probably more uh, uh, a lasting impact. I feel like as Yorgos becomes more of an artist too, uh, this is going to be his big breakout movie that we all reference, mm-hmm. uh, even though. Real fans know it was that dog tooth. Um, <laughs> his first movie, yeah. that was his breakout oh, movie. Because he's yeah. he's great. Uh, but sentimentally, as a McCarthy fan and a New Yorker, as a drunk, I loved <laughs> "Can You Forgive Me." But gun to my head, I would go the favorite. I gotta say, I gotta disagree with you again. I gotta say, um, "Can You Ever Forgive Me?" It's the movie that I, in the process of thinking about today's show, it was like. I really wanted to rewatch burn, it, yeah. you know. Also, I since I was a little kid, the movies I've liked are like low stakes New York friendship movies. Mm-hmm. Like one of my absolute favorite movies when I was a uh, teenager was <laughs> Five. <laughs> five, exactly. I think you mean an American Tale. Oh sure, I do that. Um, <laughs> Sorry, uh, Five. No, when I was a little kid, one of my favorite movies was Metropolitan. Like, which oh, is sure. I was very when pretentious. you were a little kid when I was like fourteen. <laughs> when I was like fourteen, still that's very young for that movie. Yeah, I, I loved it. I thought it was really good. What and up, I, Wit? 
all I wanted to do was lead that life, you know, and I, I love I, movies about like... I thought about that movie today because uh, I wasn't sure if my coat was warm enough. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the kind of stuff I like is like uh, prickly people yeah, walking around New manners, York talking to each yeah, other, you know? More like, dialogue, yeah. And I will say like all I can say is it's the movie of the two of them I most want to see again now. You know, I, I don't know that I would say it's better. I think they're both fantastic they're both in fan- completely to, different ways. Yeah, it's percent. It's like point zero zero difference of my, if I recommend you one over the other. It's uh, like a, one's like a tuxedo and one's like a, a different a kind of cool outfit. You know, like they're both perfect for different situations. But, you know, <laughs> if I'm going to have to pick one, I'm going to say, can you ever forgive me? No, um, uh, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't twist my arm to disagree with you. I, they're both. <laughs> Wait, can we back Beautiful up for a movies. second, Caleb, about that analogy? You said you wouldn't twist your arm to you agree with me. You twist my arm. Yeah. I would say I'd agree with you, but also I, I didn't agree with you. Is, are I there situations it. where you would twist your own arm to disagree with me? And why are you forcing yourself to twist your own arm to disagree with I'm me? I'm doing it now, if you can't see. But I don't think I don't think I this is... I keep going. Oh, 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 no. See, oh, no. <laughs> I did, did hear it pop from over here. I don't know if, if that I picked up going, on the microphone. That hurt a lot. You do, you try it. I would rather not. <laughs> uh, but they're both great movies, uh, and I'm glad that we split. So now you both can watch both at at home. <laughs> yes. Um. Yeah. So that's it for this week. Uh, Oscars are coming up uh, before we're gonna be able to release another episode. So we'll be very interested to see what wins. Maybe we'll talk about Oscars, mm-hmm. heroes, and villains next episode. But you know, maybe we'll talk about something totally different. I never know what we're gonna talk about uh, on the next show. But uh. That's it for this week. Absolutely. I always get the fucking name wrong. Actually. actually best choice. Was it a mistake to put actually as the first? Isn't that like a bad men no, thing to say? No, it's funny. Well, yeah, that's why we're, we're both men. We have to <laughs> live being men. Actually. You have to lean into it. Go, actually, best choice. Actually, best actually. choice. You have to lean into our name. Yeah, so that's it for actually best choice. Real movies. quick, fuck the Academy for putting editing and cinematography out of the show. Oh, fuck yeah. them. Cinematography especially, I couldn't believe. Editing especially. I know your position on editing. Thanks for listening. Talk to you guys next week. Goodbye.